Welcome to CommuniCast, a communication skills podcast. I'm Scott D'Amico, president of CommuniSpond. On today's episode, I'm chatting with Pat Delora, chief talent officer at Logical Operations, the leading provider of instructor-led technology training curriculum and digital learning tools. Pat shares his experiences from his extensive career in HR and talent management, as well as his time in the Army, where he hits on the importance of not taking the I wear the stars and you wear the bars approach to leadership and communication. I hope you enjoy. Pat, thank you so much for joining me today. If you can, to get us kicked off, maybe just tell the listeners out there a little about yourself, your background, and the work that you're doing today. Sure. Yes. Well, first of all, it's a pleasure to be here. So thank you for the invitation, Scott. As I sort of processed the invitation, uh, I thought to myself, you know, this is a great opportunity to share. <laughs> so share some of the uh, many years of uh, experience I have in the human resources field. You know, I, I started as an army officer and uh, had some of the most formative experiences in my life uh, during those four years on active duty. I worked for some leaders who were tremendous communicators and learned, you know, through example, uh, some behaviors that have served me well over the years. Uh, particularly as an HR professional. So uh, I've been working in the human resource field now for about 34 years, worked for uh, some terrific organizations, uh, Hallmark Cards in Kansas City, MasterCard International in St. Louis. Uh, I was uh, head of HR for a technology company out of New York. And uh, more recently, I also headed up a human resources company uh, that had um, offices in multiple states, and then most most recently, uh, I served as a head of the chief human resources officer for a company called Klein Steel in Rochester, New York. Currently, I'm serving as um, a chief talent officer for a company called Logical Operations, uh, which is a, a technology uh, a publisher, uh, training company, uh, and certification company. And I've been doing that for for about three years. Uh, so it's. Uh, it's been a, a joy to serve in the human resource field. Uh, it's been a tremendous experience to work with and for some tremendous leaders. But uh, so, so that's, uh, that's a little snapshot of my, uh, my professional background. Excellent. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. And I love kind of the, the, the point you brought up around just learning, especially from the military, from, from great mm-hmm. leaders, you know, honing those communication skills and you just imagine in, in an organization within the military, the importance of communication where it literally is very critical, right? To get things right and to get that message across. I want to come back to that a little bit later, just hearing about some of those experiences or some of those leaders and really how that helped shape your communication skills and in your career. Sure. And if I, you know, if I think through that experience that you just shared from you know, a number of, of different companies, large and small across a wide variety of, of industries. Mm-hmm. And I, I would have to think throughout your career, and especially now in the talent space, as you're doing a lot for trying to find talent, source talent, you've had you know, people come to you or you're having those conversations with your internal clients and they're giving you the wish list, right? Of, of the ideal candidate, who they're looking for, going through the laundry list of things that they, they must have. And sure. invariably, I'm sure communication skills comes up. You know, this person needs to have great communication skills. And then they probably leave it at that. But when right. you hear that, right, when you hear this candidate needs to have great communication skills, you know, what, mm-hmm. what does that mean to you? How do you define that? You know, it's a great question, Scott. And 
to me, you know, you often hear that uh, that term, it factor, right? <laughs> what the what is the it factor that's going to help that person be successful? And I think that's that the answer to that question is different in every organization. But one of the things that I think is a common thread for all organizations is the the ability to communicate clearly, effectively, you know, your your needs and your wants uh, so that you can better serve your customer, whether that be an internal customer or an external customer. And I think there are certain elements uh, that go into that, you know, to consider someone to be an effective communicator and to possess that it factor. I think there are certain elements that are common uh, in my experience. Um, What would you say some of those those elements are? What do you specifically look for when you're interviewing somebody or meeting with somebody for a potential role? And again, this is one of those common threads, I would say, Mm -hmm. Scott, you know, whether you're talking about a technology company or a manufacturing company, the military and not for profit, you fill in the blank. I think it's the same. For me, some of those uh, elements are the ability to build a rapport with someone. Yeah, just as you and I chatted for a few minutes before we uh, transitioned over to the, the business at hand, you know, to connect with somebody on a personal level to better understand the person you're, you're about to communicate with, I think helps establish a, a trust. And when there's trust uh, in relationship, people tend to be more authentic and they tend to uh, speak more freely and honestly. So I think rapport building uh, is certainly one of those important elements uh, for a good communicator. Being able to actively listen. So, you know, oftentimes I think people are more concerned about being heard than they are about understanding. And so you, you, you miss opportunities to really understand what the needs of the other person are. You know, what are they trying to accomplish in this conversation? So I think, uh, you know, actively listening, stopping yourself from that urge to speak, (laughs) and instead patiently listening. And whatever strategy you need to use to to make that happen is is good. (laughs) But really making a point of listening to what the person's saying, good eye contact, you know, good uh, attention, good posture, those things that seem so um, basic, but but are also important. So, so actively listening, feeding back what you're hearing so that the person on the other end knows what, uh, knows that you care and knows that you're, you're listening and knows that you're understanding. So I would say that's one of those common elements, you know, clarity of thought and message, you know, organizing your thoughts uh, before you go into a conversation, understanding what outcomes you're looking for from that conversation you know, whether it's a, a, a business transaction or a job interview or whatever else it may be, going into the conversation with a plan and a desired outcome so that you know where you're starting and you know where you need to finish, you know? Um, so I think, uh, you know, having that organization of thought and clarity of communication two ways uh, is, is an important, one of those important elements And this is something that uh, the next thing I wanted to mention is every bit as important as everything else. And that is respect, respecting the person you're talking to, whether you are the senior person in the conversation or the junior person, whether you are a person who needs something 
or a person who is the resource, you know, the provider of the information. I think that is also important uh, just in human relations in general, but particularly when you're talking about communicating in a business transaction, showing that you care, but most importantly, show, respecting the person that you're talking to and showing that in the way that you communicate. And the last thing I wanted to just touch on, Scott, is uh, contracting for outcomes. And so what do I mean by contracting for outcomes? One of the very best uh, courses that I took early in my professional career had to do with uh, contracting conversations. And what, what that meant was, again, using some of the skills I, I just mentioned to, to understand what the desired outcomes are, to understand what the needs of the other person are, to clarify what those needs are. And then once you understand what they are, you agree on what the outcome needs to be. Verbally contracting, okay, so kind of, kind of summarizing what you heard, mm -hmm. summarizing what you've agreed on, uh, agreeing on what a delivery date is, agreeing on what's going to be needed in order to make that happen. And then walking away with a shared understanding. And that might, might even involve circling back with a, an email or a text message, summarizing what you heard, what you understood, what you agreed on, and what you're gonna both do, what, what your shared responsibilities are in making that happen. So some of these things you listen to and you say, gee, that so sounds so basic. Mm -hmm. But uh, truly in, with my 34 years in the HR world, having uh, guided some performance managed counselings, <laughs> many over the years, unfortunately, um, having provided coaching and mentoring to people who are on their way up in an organization, helping them to identify and avoid obstacles uh, in their career. That's some of the most basic, but meaningful advice I can, mm -hmm. I can share. So those are, those are some of those, those are some of the elements that, uh, that I was referring to. Love it. And we, we hear this a, a lot you know, as we're interacting with clients or participants that, you know, oh, well, these skills are pretty basic, right? And if you think of communication skills, you can call them basic, whatever you want to call it. But for me, it's the execution, right? right. It's a, how do you actually execute and implement and use these skills, regardless of their basic, challenging, easy, whatever. It ultimately comes down to the execution of the skills. And you know, what I love about your response there is you really kind of took from, from beginning of you really need to prepare for your conversations, whether it's conversation at home with a one-on-one -on -one with a colleague, if it's an interview, kind of preparing, you're understanding the organization, what are they trying to do? You need to define your outcomes. That is, for me, is huge. And I can't tell you how many times throughout my career where you know, I'll be talking with a sales rep and they'll say, oh, I just had a great, great meeting with so-and-so at this organization. I'm like, oh, how do you know it was great? Right. And then they, they're kind of stumped. They don't know how to, to answer because they I never set out what the objectives for that meeting were. It may have been a nice meeting. People were open and talking and chatting. They had lunch, whatever. But if you don't set those outcomes, you really, how do you measure against the success of that? And then implementing those skills of, of listening and showing respect and building rapport and then at the end, as you mentioned, uh, you know, contracting for the outcomes, you know, really kind of, you know, making sure you're both on the same page. So I understand you're looking for this in a candidate, these three things, here's what the process looks like in the next steps. Are we, is that correct? And then, and moving it forward. So no, that, that is great to hear that. And 
I would agree. That's kind of the, the, the thread that runs along any industry, any level within an industry, at home, at work, kind of following that path will definitely help you know, to drive effective communication. So awesome. Thank you for that. Oh, my pleasure. You know, one just one additional thought I'll, I'll uh, share too. You know, oftentimes when you hear people talking about communication these days, they're talking more about the mediums for communication. Mm-hmm. You know, are you on Twitter? Are you in social, you know, what social media accounts do you have? Those are certainly important things to be talking about and understanding and using to communicate effectively. But I think what, what you and I are talking about here today are the basic skills, regardless of the, the medium you're choosing. They have, I think those skills and those elements apply equally to basic human interaction as you and I are doing today or communicating by email or text message or fill in the blank. Yeah, yeah I think they, they are. Those are the, the, the foundational skills. And yeah. you know, over the past 18 months, we've seen you know, really a tremendous amount of change in our world, specifically in, you know, in the work environment as well. You know, working at the office, working from home, hybrid, you know, a combination of all of the above. You know, if you think about those foundational skills that we just discussed, have you seen a, any shifts or has one or two of those skills really jumped up as being now more important uh, that people should be really focusing on now because of, of the environment that we're in? Yeah, I mean, a great question, a very relevant question. Um, I think I think so. I mean, I, I think there's, um, again, as you said, I, I think all these skills apply equally regardless. But in, in this very unique time that we're all living in right now, where a lot of business is being done via teleconference, video conference, to keep it a little more generic, I, I think the, the, um, the, the respect, the active listening skills, the rapport building are probably all the more important because you have the additional challenge of not being able to read all of the nonverbal skills, you know, the nonverbal communication that's taking place. You can't necessarily judge the person's posture, the person's body language, so to speak. So I think that makes it a bit more challenging. Uh, And so the things that you do have the ability to control, the eye contact, the pace in your voice, the, the enthusiasm in your voice, you know, which all goes goes toward building rapport, you know, and being your authentic self. I think those things are all the more important uh, given what's going on in, in the world today. And, you know, and oh, by the way, uh, you know, we're, we're all uh, interacting more uh, via video conference and other and using other forms of technology. And for today, we're saying that it's a temporary thing, but I think what we're finding is that it's a very useful business tool mm-hmm that we will continue to utilize and probably on a very broad basis. So I don't think it's going away. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah, I, I, would, I would have to agree just from some of the, the client experiences that we're seeing where you know, they're seeing sustained results or seeing improved results. And then on the, the back end of it, they're looking at the savings that they're realizing from T&E, as well as you know, employee engagement where people maybe aren't getting as burned out from constantly traveling, playing catch up, things like that. So I, I do think this is something that uh, brings a lot of value and organizations are going to continue to look at how do they, they best leverage that. And you know, a couple of the points that you hit on is this idea of you know, 
we don't have the luxury at this point right now for always having the face-to-face interactions where you just can pick up on so much more. If somebody's having an off day or they're just drained or some, you can tell something's really weighing on them. So this idea of you know, making sure that you are you know, leading with empathy and kindness and understanding, working to build rapport with people, and then being aware you know, from your side of you know, the, the quote, the non- verbal or some of the physical skills, not necessarily your posture or your gesturing at that point, if it's on the phone or something like that, mm-hmm. your tone, your inflection, your pace, your pauses, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And just last week, I was on a client call where they were talking, you know, this person's been with the organization, you know, for several months now, and they haven't met any of their teammates, right? They're, they're really excited about that. But, you know, you're working with these people that you maybe have never met in person before. So kind of, really honing in on some of those skills like listening and effective questioning that can ultimately lead to building that stronger rapport with your teammates. So yeah, spot on. Absolutely. So if you think through your career, you know, you've had a, a very successful career go, you know, from the military, transitioning into HR, working for some large organizations in the top positions, kind of in your doing your own thing and you know, kind of leading talent now. What are some of the skills, if you just reflect back, think about yourself, you know, what are some of the skills that really have helped drive your success? Those, uh, those elements we've been talking about, Scott, certainly apply universally. And those are tried and true. And I will, I will say, um, probably as I look back over my career, it would be the rapport, the rapport building, establishing relationships based on trust. And how do you establish relationships based on trust? You know, I, I think uh, it's being able to listen and understand what the needs of the other person are, the ability to deliver on commitments that are made, which gets back to the contracting for outcomes. Uh, when you say you're going to do something, do it. <laughs> and novel idea. It's a novel idea, but it, it, it's amazing how effective that is in building trust in relationships. And when you build that trust, people view you as a resource. And when they view you as a resource, they're going to continue to come back to you for counsel and advice and for results. So I would say, you know, again, uh, spend that time, invest that time in building relationships and building rapport, in actively listening to the other person, showing them you care, being the authentic, an authentic person with them and, and getting to know them, getting to understand their needs, contracting for results delivering those results and keeping in touch to make sure that that person's needs are always being met. That set of skills, I think, has has served me well for the past 34 plus years when you take into consideration the time in the military. Um, And I I, I mentioned uh, up front that uh, those four years on active duty were formative years for me. Uh, and they absolutely were, and, and particularly when we talk about a topic like communication, because I did have an opportunity to witness firsthand what highly effective communicators look like and how they behave, uh, and look like, of course, meaning the way they behave. And, and I will say, um, you know, and, and this kind of circles back to something you and I talked about briefly, my third year on active duty, I served uh, as aide-de-camp to the commanding general of what was then the third ROTC region in Kansas. He he had just been promoted to brigadier general, which is one star, 
And um, I was his first aide de camp as a, as, a, as a general. This general exhibited communication skills that were well beyond anything I had ever seen to that point in my career. Uh, and what do I mean by that? You know, he was someone who communicated with respect. He made eye contact from the moment you started speaking. He made eye contact and held eye contact and actively listened. And you knew that by him you know, nodding his head, showing interest, the body posture, you know, the, he, you were his singular focus and you knew that. And he respected you. Now, here I was a young first lieutenant and he's a general. Hmm. He could have very easily said, you know what? This is what I need. Go do it. I'm wearing the stars. You're wearing the bars. Stars <laughs> don't running bars. <laughs> um, he chose not to do that. And because of that, he earned my respect from the first minute. And I would have, as they say, I would have run through a wall for him <laughs> because I respected him and because I knew he respected me. And, we, and he took the time to understand who I was as a person and to build a rapport with me. So, you know, and, and just, a, just an example of, of that, I, I remember, uh, you know, part of what we did in the summertime was we flew around from one training site to another to conduct an inspection and to talk to the instructors and, and the students and get to know people, right? And I remember uh, landing at this one uh, training site and uh, we got off the helicopter and we, we split up. He'd go one way, I'd go the other way. We'd inspect and then we'd get back together on the helicopter and sort of debrief on what we saw. So this one, uh, this one day uh, we landed and there was a, a weapon that was unattended that was laying up against a bleacher. Now, for anyone who's served in the military and for those who haven't too, uh, I'm sure you can uh, well understand what a big no-no that is. <laughs> I would imagine so, yes. <laughs> That's a big one. So I, I spotted the weapon unattended and I, I mentioned it to him and he called the instructor or the instructor in charge over with me standing there. And, you know, as you might, you might, ex you might think that, you know, this is going to be a really bad moment for the instructor, right? <laughs> um, you know, here's a general who's about to point out a pretty serious mistake. When most people would have raised their voice and gotten excited about it, the general lowered his voice so the instructor would listen more closely. <laughs> and he didn't berate him. He thanked him for all the good work he was doing. And he asked him what some of the challenges were. And then he, he, then he pointed out to him, you know, were, are you aware that? <laughs> and he, he turned it into a teaching moment. Right. Now that instructor never made that mistake again, to the best of my knowledge. And that instructor spoke in very glowing terms about the general and how respectful the general was and how much he learned from that conversation. Now that was an opportunity to blow up that relationship and never have a chance to touch that or to reach that person again. But instead he turned it around. Um, that to me, and I stood five feet away and listened to the whole conversation. That to me was a, a learning moment, not just for that instructor, but for a lot, young lieutenant who had an opportunity to learn as well and to incorporate those behaviors mm -hmm. into the way that I tried to communicate with others. You know, pay attention and invest in yourself. Now, it just so happens that I got a tuition-free lesson from that interaction. Um, 
But I would, I would say this, you know, as a person who's junior in your career, who's wanting to climb that ladder, invest in yourself. And what I mean by that is find a mentor, someone who can guide you, uh, help you uh, understand what those hurdles are in your career. And just as importantly, invest the time and money when necessary to go through training, to learn what these basic skills are, what they look like, how you use them uh, to, to manage your own success. You'll be doing yourself a favor and you'll be doing your organization a favor. And I get particularly you know, when you're on your way up in your career. But of course that applies equally to anyone who failed to, to um, understand those lessons earlier because it'll serve you well, no matter where you are in your, in your career and in life, frankly. Absolutely. And then, wow, there's so much there that it, that was a fascinating story with, you know, kind of painting the picture of, of that general and the idea of I wear the stars, you wear the bars. And you just see so many parallels into the workplace. You have a high level executive communicating with maybe a frontline manager or frontline employee where sometimes it, it can be, I need this, go do it versus, you know, building that relationship, building that rapport. And if you're thinking back to that example that you shared where that general could have just flipped out on the person who left the the weapon unattended, like you you kind of stereotypically may think of what you see in a military movie, uh, how that conversation may go. And, And chances are, had they done that, they probably wouldn't have made that mistake again. But in this scenario, they built a fan, they built a follower, they they helped educate that person. And then hopefully they'll carry that forward. Uh, to their interactions with other people. And as you kind of see that ripple effect of positive communication, as you mentioned, you got your tuition-free education on that one. I'm sure you had some scenarios where maybe you paid some tuition along the way uh, to get that education. But, you know, kind of this idea of, you know, how you communicate with people matters. And, you know, I I love the point kind of it's, uh, I was just going to ask you, you know, closing thoughts, you know, advice you would give. Mm -hmm. I think you nailed it. Invest in yourself. You know, whether you are an you know, entrepreneur on your own, you're a you know, frontline employee, high level leader, invest in yourself, ask for you know, the resources to do it, find the resources to do it, whether it is formal training, just reading, picking up new skills, uh, it's going to help to make, make you relevant, keep you relevant and keep you moving forward in your career. Absolutely. No, no one saw this pandemic coming two yeah. years ago, right? Um, and the people who were best able to adapt were the people who had skills and had perspective. Yes. And the only way to do that is to continue, as you said, Scott, continue to grow, continue to invest in yourself. You never know when you're going to need that next big idea or be able, have to use that, those skills uh, that you learned along the way. And if you're not constantly growing, you're stagnating. Yep. So, uh, no, well, well said, well said. Perfect. Well, Pat, thank you so much for joining me today. I really do appreciate it. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks, Scott. My pleasure. And all the best to you. Have a great day. Thank you. A special thank you again to my guest, Pat Delora from Logical Operations. A couple of takeaways for me, contract for outcomes, invest in yourself, and be sure to take advantage of those tuition-free lessons. Meaning not only learn from your own experiences, but from those around you, great leaders, maybe not so great leaders, things that you observe from others, their successes and maybe their setbacks. Always learn from those to take yourself to the next level. 
I hope you enjoyed. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast to be notified of new episodes. Thanks and have a great day.